Tell you what, Schmo, that it was fun, man. Celebrating 420 with the one and only the legendary Mike Tyson it was super cool, man. We went to Hippie Hill out in San Francisco, and uh, man, the next day, Schmo, I slept for like a whole damn day because I have never snooker done so much mushrooms in my damn life. The Schmo can only imagine so many people there. It's like you were on your own movie set. Everyone was just there in the background and you two enjoying life, clearing the pathway for royalty walking. <clears throat> exactly, exactly. That's what it was. But I, I walked for Mike for a little bit, but then I was just like, man, I, I started getting like these, uh, you know, I didn't want these people to start trampoline over each other. This shit turns into a, uh, a, you know, big mess where, you know what I mean? Have you seen that before where, 20, 30 people end up dying because they just, they can't get out. I was just like, so I had to exit out too because it was, it was almost too crazy. There's 40,000 people there, Shmo, which is absolutely nuts, man. Reminds me of Simba and the Lion King when you got the herd walking through and almost trampling over the poor young lion. And with that said, welcome back to the Triple C and Shmo show. I'm the Shmo. My partner's got an Olympic gold medal. He's the double champ. Currently known as Humble Henry, also Triple C, Humble Henry, not the king of cringe. How are we doing? <laughs> oh, I'm doing good, Schmo. I'm doing good, man. I'm just so happy I got to wear that crown no more, Schmo. You know, uh, you know, I don't know. Taking I don't, I don't, I don't. Had its better days. <laughs> it has, it has. But let's get this time going because time is money and money is time, Schmo. Let's get this show rocking. So 420, you spent the day with Uncle Mike Tyson. You were shrooming. You were getting stony baloney. Must have been a great day. But then later on that day, because the schmo wants to connect the dots here, you were with him. You went to the airport with him. Were you on the flight with him? He had an altercation with some fanboy. Punched the guy out. Rightfully so. The guy was being a schmuck. Yeah. What's the details, man? Lead us to the promise. You know what, dude? And I have never seen Mike so happy, man. I have never seen Mike Tyson so so happy. And we went to Mastro's that night, and then we ended up jumping in the same car. So we went to the airport. So this is an hour before the incident. But I have never seen Uncle Mike in such good spirits, man. So this dude must have really crossed the dude. Because before Mike hugged all of us, he gave us all a kiss before he took off to Miami. I came back home to Phoenix. And uh, yeah, man, little did you know, man, some dude just happened to just cross Mike. And Mike was super happy. It's almost like, you want Mike on mushrooms and you want him you want him high as heck because when he's not man he, he could be that different uh he could be a different human but that dude just happened to push those buttons i believe from when i talked to troy his manager is a good friend of mine he said uh because he was with him he was the one that was blocking mike from hitting the dude but he said he said mike tyson just had enough by the time he like he like pitched a, a water bottle over with you know full of water so once he saw that he was just like he said mike got up he said that he freaking probably hit up with 30 combinations before they actually started filming. <laughs> so don't cross Uncle Mike. Uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who you are, wh where it's at. He will stick you in front of the world. And that's exactly what happened. 
Why would you poke a sleeping bear? Like, why would you do this? This guy was looking for his 15 seconds of fame. The schmo saw that he had a criminal record. Always <laughs> not a good sign. Antagonistic. Clearly, you saw it from the video. But, man, like, talk to schmo about, like, what you guys were doing throughout the day. Obviously, you're getting high. Any great stories? Like, it just seems like such a juxtaposition from how great the day was going. And then we had some dark cloud with this dude coming at him on the plane. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly that's exactly what happened. Shmuel. Like we, we went out there, we 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 got to San Francisco about around noon, you know, hung out with hung out with Uncle Mike at his hotel for like a couple hours, you know, just chit chatting. Got a lot of got a lot of cool ass B roll, and uh, you ask him about was, your comeback. Uh, that was it? You had, you bring I up did, your I comeback? Did. I talked about my comeback. I did, I did, Shmuel. So I did talk about my comeback. And uh, and all that. So he was giving me advice, man. So actually, I'm probably gonna break the news now, Shmo. Uh, there's actually a big documentary coming coming out with me on on Netflix. So it's, it's another it's another reason why I ended up uh, coming out to California, spending the time with that day. So you guys will see a lot of behind the scenes, uh, you know, with me and and Mike, and pretty much a lot of the celebrity friends or a lot of stuff that I've done in, in the sports. So. I'm excited to uh, to announce that here on the Triple C and Schmo Show. So prior to my comeback, I would love to, I would love to fight so people could actually get to know my story. You know the man behind the cringe. You know I'm not sure on the names thus far, but I would love to call it the real Triple C because I think it's just you know I, I think people need to get more more in tune on you know what is it who is it that I am and what is it that I've done and how is it that I've done it. You know Schmo so. So that being said, man, it was it was a peaceful day with Mike. It was a peaceful day. It was a great day. I mean, like I said, man, from mushrooms to to Mary Jane to all that, it was it was a day full of love until until right before midnight hits. You know, somebody decided to chuck a, wa- a water bottle, Uncle Mike, and he just didn't have it, man. So, would, but that's the you? cool that's the cool that's the cool <clears throat> that's the cool side about it, Schmo, is the fact that Mike is so genuine. He don't give a shit, man. He don't well, give sh- a shit. The Schmo was going to ask, if you were in Mike Tyson's shoes and someone was doing that to you, Triple C, same position on the plane, how would you react? Um, I'd probably be humble, Henry. I'd probably, uh, I don't know, Schmo. I don't know. I guess sometimes when you see red, but I don't think I would have done what Mike would have done. <laughs> well, I don't think is. so. I don't know, Schmo. Yeah, I, know I'm until- crazy, but I ain't that crazy. Well... Triple C, you're a crazy guy. We appreciate you dropping the bombshell with the Netflix documentary. Michael Bisping won't be the only one with one because Triple C's got his coming. And Ronda Rousey, I believe, has got hers on Netflix, too. Uh, Let's get into the gold medal moment. The Schmo was FaceTiming you on Friday night. Got no answer. We saw you were in Vegas. We knew there was business. You met with the UFC brass, huh? Targeting that comeback. Who was it? Hunter Campbell and uh, Sean Shelby? Yeah, dinner? Yeah, yeah, that that's exactly what it was. They, they kind of gave me the lowdown, like the scope of how things are kind of forming. And, you know, there, there, there's a lot. There's, there's, I think there's two weight classes that are really open. And uh, I really want to, you know, take a stab at, at either one of them. You know, because there's, 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 there's uh, TJ, uh, Al Jalame, 
there's uh there's Holloway, there's there's Volkanovski. Like it's the, the terrain is uh it's 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 pretty nice, man. I'm sitting in a good position right now. So we talked, we talked over dinner, we we're there for, for you know, I was with them for a few hours. We uh you know, there, there's a lot that we have to talk about, but it, it was to, to say that Leishmo was a great meeting. You know. So one twenty five had a, I had a I, 25. Well, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say 125 is 100% out of the picture moving forward. You can confirm that? Oh, hell yeah, but they never make it 25. Thought so. Thought so. So go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, the only way that I would, if I was to ever fight 25, it'd probably be against Demetrius Johnson. That's the only guy that would load me back in because I know I could beat the rest. But just to see, just to see my improvements of how far I have got, you know, that's why I would want to pick Demetrius. But yeah, thirty-five, forty-five, like you know, a lot of those decisions are not done yet because I want to see what is it that's uh, that I want to see what is it that's going to end up happening. But uh, they love to come. They love to come back. The, the, they you know they walk me back. They they would never have dinner with me if they want me back. Uh, but I think my next meeting, and I would love I would love to be with Dana White. I think. Uh, I think there's a lot that I need to talk to him about and uh, kind of where everything kind of came from, you know, because I don't know, Shimon, like me looking, like looking back at it now, obviously he's the boss, but he's a businessman. I did probably, uh, you know, I probably did a good, I probably did go overboard a little bit with the words, but man, this is just strictly business, man. You know what I'm saying? So maybe an apology, but at the same time, it's, uh, you know, boss, you can't hate on me for trying to fight my fight too. You know, I would just eventually like to meet Dana because I'm not sure if Dana's the biggest Triple C fan. Even though I know he respects me, I think I probably would under his skin a little bit on some of the antics that I did. Yeah, <laughs> oh, maybe he wasn't. Well, you too. <laughs> hey, maybe he wasn't too keen on the way you went about the retirement in Jacksonville after the Dominic Cruz fight. Yeah, but can I, can I be honest with you, though, too, Shmo, on that? Yeah. I think you're wrong, and I think everybody else is wrong too. Because I had already talked about retirement uh, to Dana, you know, about it, and that and this is the same reason why I retired. But I don't have to say it here, you know. But it's the same reason why I retired, and I, I he he was already given like uh, not that he fucking cares, but I had already given him that that kind of a, a couple fights ago. I was like, hey man, I think I'm just gonna, you know, I'm a prize fighter. Anyway, so it turned it turned out the way it turned out, and and that's it. But I love the position that I'm at, but whether I am back, but I'm not back until I actually at least sign a sign for a fight or actually fight the fight. So, you know, we still gotta we still gotta you know let Ali do his job. I like to reconcile with Dana and uh, see what we can do, man. There's a lot of fun fights for me. They know that I come out and and scrap. Do you get a sense they were pushing you towards 135 over 145, or do you get a sense they were leaving it more open-minded between the two weight divisions? I think I think they were. I think they wanted to hear from me. You know, they wanted to hear from me. But what they do want to do is uh, they do want to move the divisions. You know, they do want to move the divisions, man. They do want to. Uh, they, they they want they want a champion that's going to continue to keep you know winning and coming back and uh, that's going to keep the division that some a fighter is going to fight three times a three times a, a fight you know what I'm saying I don't think they're necessarily interested in me you know winning a belt and right away going I, I, uh, 
there, there's so many options though because it all changes too when you become champ though you know what i'm saying so let's say if i was to go down to 35 i would i would i would win it i would defend it and then potentially going up or i have or i or i could possibly have the option of waiting for holloway uh volkanovsky catching the winner you know a, a lot of options and uh I, I think I've earned I think I've earned it, Shmo. I think I've earned it with my accolades. Not only what I've done in mixed martial arts, but in in combat sports in general, from becoming the youngest Olympic champion in US uh in USA wrestling history in two thousand eight to, you know, dethroning Demetrius Johnson and, and you know, the same reason why I probably even started the gimmick Shmo, because people need to know, man. You know, I defended both my belts. This, this isn't a GSP graph. With all due respect to GSP, because he is a legend. I felt like there's another person that I've shitted on quite a bit, you know. But I'm not planning on doing that. I'm not planning on doing. I'm pulling a GSP. I think once I'm in and and, and I'm happy, you know, it's it's let's let's see how far we can push this. You know what I mean? So, a couple of quick questions: How many fights technically are on the contract that you would fight? Like, would you? How many fights would you have? So at least two guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I think on what's on my contract, I think there's three fights left on my contract. Okay. So, and, the, you know, is it a there's, guarantee? There's a lot of different. I'm sorry, go ahead, Schmo. No, you go ahead. The Schmo, Schmo's just got a lot of great questions for you, but keep going, keep going. Yeah, no, so there's, so there's three fights ahead of, there's three fights left on my contract. You know what I mean? I can either fight them out or wait it out. <laughs> well there it is but uh so is it a guarantee the next time you step in the octagon again there will be a gold belt on the line that's the only way you got to be fighting for a belt that of course that's the only way that i'm gonna fight i'm not gonna fight any other way you know and what about this all jermaine sterling tweet as of recently oh uh, you know i just felt today with the matchmakers i'm just like you know what I'm going to right the wrong. I'm going to come back for all these tomato cans. And I just said, Al Jalame Sterling, you're my number one contender. How? I like it all. This is, a, this is the cool part about it, though, Schmo. It's like there's two divisions that I could go to. You know what I'm saying? There's literally two divisions that I could go to, Schmo. But only you one know, can give I you could, C4. You know, yeah, but only one could give you C four, but and that's that's what I'm after. So, I think the biggest thing is just uh, it's just wait, man, just wait and see. Because my biggest thing is my timeline. I do need the time. I I do have the six months, which is super good, and uh, maybe add a month or two on top of that, and then that's when I would want to uh, potentially make my comeback, my return. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We heard from the man himself, Mr. Henry Cejudo, on the comeback. Let's go into the silver medal moment. Tyson Fury, he knocks out. Dillian White, great under uppercut right there. Triple C, is Tyson Fury your heavyweight boxing goat? Tyson Fury, uh, how many, how many, how many, no, you, you, you still got to go with the Klitschko, dude. You, you can't go with the now, man. I know boxing very, very well. But Tally Klitschko did some amazing things, man. And he reigned as a heavyweight champion for almost, <sighs> he only had X amount of losses, but he defended his belt so many times against the absolute best in the world, man. So I'm going to have to go over Tally Klitschko. Unless, I'm, unless I may be wrong on this, but uh, 
for the heavyweight division, that's the one that really comes to mind. Muhammad Ali? Muhammad Ali. Yeah, Muhammad Ali. Well, there was only one heavy. You know what? I'm going to have to go Muhammad Ali. I'll take that back because you know what? Back in those days, there was only one heavyweight champion. I don't know how good this dude is. He hasn't fought uh, uh, Ruiz. He hasn't fought uh, uh, Joshua. He hasn't fought. You know what I'm saying? Like who? He, uh, yeah, he beat the uh, the Brown Barber a couple times, but that still doesn't. Uh, you got to fight the best. But if you want to be recognized as the best, you got to fight the best. And there's a lot of guys. There's Usyk too. There's there, there's a, there's a line full of great heavyweights that the dude wants to retire. So. I mean, that kind of sounds like me a little bit, doesn't it, Shmo? Well, you know, well, here's but there, what but there's Shmo's got to say but, about but, but, but I will say this, though, Shmo, at least in the UFC, I fought the best, and I fought the best of my era. You well, know? the Gypsy and, King, and he, I, well, he got all the belts at one point. Obviously, he beat Klitschko. He got all the lineal belts. He did the retirement. He beat the bronze bomber, Deontay Wilder. But nobody actually beat Tyson Fury to get all the belts. Joshua never did. So Fury, yes, he never fought Joshua, never fought Ruiz, but Ruiz ended up losing in the trilogy to Joshua. But now there's Usyk, the guy on the block. That's the situation. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of great fighters, and I I can't put them up there, man. Like I said, man, I always care about what legends think. I can't put Tyson Fury. I like to do that. Think he's charismatic, but I can't put him up there. I don't. I don't even know if he's the greatest heavyweight in the world right now because. Show me, man. Joshua, Ruiz, Usyk. You know what I'm saying? There's too many. There's too many guys that are that are super good in there. Usyk's undefeated. He went up Olympic champion. You know, went up, went up, uh, beat Anthony Joshua. I mean, if there's anybody that would have put number one right now, it'd probably be him. Well, I, I if, really the Schmo, would. if the Schmo could ever see the fight between Tyson Fury and the winner of this Joshua Usyk rematch, if Tyson Fury gets reclaims all the belts then you could put Tyson Fury in the, among the greatest heavyweight conversation of all time to the Schmo he's got that undefeated blemish but the Schmo compares it to when you want to argue is Khabib the greatest of all time or is John Jones the greatest of all time Khabib obviously undefeated very dominant but if you look at who he fought and amongst there did he fight all the top fives to get there when you had John Jones beating straight killers and dismantling them along the way, that's why John Jones gets the greatest of all time nod over the schmo. And that's how you put Tyson Fury amongst the Muhammad Ali's, who obviously had the losses, but he fought the who's a who for the greatest heavyweight of all time. That's where it stands. But among the best of this generation, you got to put Tyson Fury at the top of this generation. Yeah. Uh... Uh, whatever, Shmo. We can agree to disagree, man. I, I, I see what you're saying, but beat some beats beat, beat just knock off Joshua, knock off somebody big, beat Usyk, man, and I'll give you that title. But if we never see that, it's like it's like it's it's stupid. It's like Mayweather Pacquiao. It was like seven, eight years before they fought. They talked when they started talking about the fight, and they eventually started fighting almost a decade. It's like, dude, Mayweather fought a different Manny Pacquiao. Even Mayweather's not the greatest of all time. You know, yeah, he's a, he's the he's the greatest defensive boxer, the greatest businessman in the sport of boxing of all time. But he ain't the greatest of all time. Well, if boxing it's the people gives that us... take it's the it's the it's the people it's the people that take chances, schmo. And it's the same reason why I would love love to go up to another division and uh, and fight schmo. Well, if boxing gives us Terence Crawford versus Errol Spence. 
Two of the guys in their prime. Two of the top five best pound-for-pound fighters. Undefeated, all belts on the line. That's the best gift they can give us. That's the Hagler-Hearns they could give us of this generation. But let me ask you this about Tyson Fury. Because after he beat Dillian White, Francis Ngannou, he was there. He was ringside. He walked inside the cage. And it seems to me both parties are welcoming this idea of this super fight. How would you create the super fight? What set of rules? Because the Schmo had Dewey Cooper... And Eric Nixick on the Schmo Zone after he beat Cyril Gaon a few months ago, the coaches for Francis Ngannou, to ask them about this hypothetical situation. Triple C, what would make this super fight fair to you? Um, I think the gloves. I think the gloves and the clinch. I think if you're able to clinch, I think exactly what uh what is a Triton is doing. Triad combat. Yeah, yeah, triad. Yeah, exactly what they're doing, but it's like change the gloves and make the gloves a little smaller be able to clinch and do all that. And I think that's the way you make it fair. Then maybe, maybe, maybe you do like a, I would like to see like a hockey circle. You know how the, you know, with the hockey glass where you're, where they're able to kind of like use more of that, use more of that wall and, and fight in that sense. You know what I'm saying? And you, you probably, you know, you keep a decent size. You don't make it too big because you want to see action, but I think I think the cage should change. I don't think I I don't think it should be a cage nor a ring. I don't think it should be boxing gloves nor MMA gloves. I think you make it as even as you possibly can, and that's how you create a whole new sport. And I believe that fight will make you know will do probably way over two million buys. Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. I would love to see that fight, and I'm actually really happy for Francis because he is finally going to make a payday and to change his life forever. Well, the Schmo can agree with you. We would absolutely love to see that fight. Dewey Cooper proposed a very interesting set of rules. He thinks it should be in a cage. Not necessarily an octagon, but a cage. The size of what you would see of an octagon. He also mentioned 8-ounce MMA gloves. So just more bigger than traditional MMA gloves, but more sparring MMA gloves. A lot different than boxing gloves. And... Very similar to the BKFC, the bare knuckle rules, where you can clinch, and obviously it's going to be a hand fight. And that would make it as fair as possible. Be more 65% to 35% from boxing to MMA, but that's how you would get it the most universal way possible. And the Schmo thinks that actually could work. And heck, why not have that at Allegiant Stadium here in Las Vegas? The Gypsy Kings adopted home. Also, Francis Ngannou's adopted home for fighting here in the United States. Godly, that's shit. You, you just sold me, Schmo. I, I'd definitely go, man. That'd be, that would be a crazy fight. Crazy, crazy fight. Oh, it would be the best, and that's the way to do it. And both men would love to do this. This is the type of spectacle we could see. I think this is better than Canelo and Usman boxing, but I'm still in favor of that. But the only way this is going to work with these UFC guys is Dana White's got to be that promoter. He's got to be the Bob Arum. He's got to be the Eddie Hearn. He's got to be the lead promoter representing these guys in the UFC. I believe it's something very similar to what he did representing Conor McGregor in the Mayweather boxing deal. Dana White's got to serve as the promoter, and heck, these super fights... You're Dana White, that's Zufa boxing. You get your UFC fighters boxing in these super fights. You're the promoter. That's what Zufa boxing could start into before it maybe morph into something bigger. Just a little food for thought. But I'm sure they've already thought about this. They're smart people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, bro. 
Man, there's there's a lot of good there's a lot of good things in the works, Schmo, and uh, whatever it is that Francis decides, I think I think Dana White's out the damn picture. Actually, you know, I don't think he's gonna promote any of that stuff. So, I don't know why you brought up his name, but I believe you know Francis is gonna be a free agent. He's gonna run out his contract, man. So the same reason why he did he got surgery is not taking the fight, and uh, he's gonna make a shitload of money, man, when he fights Tyson Fury. Well, I bring it up because I don't think his UFC career is over. I think just because he boxes Tyson doesn't mean it's over. And I feel like him being involved with this is only going to make the relationship more healthy. You're right. Maybe he's not in it. Maybe he's not. I just think he's going to end up being a part of it. Just because, look, you're talking about the baddest man on the planet. You're talking about your guy representing your organization. I just think that's the way it's going to be. But uh, we can also agree to disagree on that. Moving to the bronze medal movement. A crazy Saturday full of combat sports. What caught, what caught your eye, Triple C? The patchy mix, his victory, Chris Cyborg. You had Andrade with the standing arm triangle over Amanda Lemos. What caught your eye, Triple C? Man, honestly, those were all good fights, but what really caught my eye, man, is what Bellator is doing with the 135-pound weight division. I mean, these guys have... They're elite of the elite fighters, like scrapping, uh, you know, fighting each other. And, you know, the winner, winner takes all, which I think is super, super cool, man. You know, we just saw Patchy Mitch, which honestly, I didn't know if Patchy Mitch was going to be able to get through with Haraguchi. Just because of Haraguchi's uh, size, uh, because he's smaller, and his distance, his in and out kind of motion. But Patchy, uh, Patchy showed that he's gotten a lot better, man. And I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of great fighters. And there's that, uh, that other crazy dude that I that I like too. His name's uh, Dan Sabatello. He won. He's in he's in the Bellator tournament now too, man. He's a he's actually a Chicago boy, and he's got a mouthpiece of shit talker like Triple C, and uh, he's fighting my boy Leandro Eagle. But I like that man because those pit bulls, they uh, they they enjoy things like that. You know, it's the big. You know what I mean? The bigger the mouth, the more the more they can kind of shut up. And uh, but I like the dude. I like the kid. I think he, I think I think he's in, I think he's in, I think he's bringing some great entertainment, which is something that Bellator uh, could really could could really need. You know what I'm saying? Is somebody especially that he can wrestle, he can fight, man. I think it's a dangerous fight for any of those dudes. I really do. I think if people sleep on him, it's a trip, man. I've never caught a wrestler, so I think the Andrade submission was cool. I think she was gonna get worked by uh, by uh, by Amanda, but that wasn't the case. But I think uh, overall, man, it was a great weekend of fights, man. My girl watched all the fights with me, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm like punched out on just fights, dude. It was a great day for fights all around Saturday. Saturday, shout out to Sabatello, Chicago guy, indeed. He kind of looks like a young Harry from Home Alone. Shout out to another Chicago reference. Home Alone, filmed in Chicago. Great movie indeed. <laughs> love the hair. Love the mouthpiece. I guess the guy didn't have a Twitter. Scott Coker said, let this guy get a Twitter. But hey, Scott Coker and Bellator, promote your fighters. The Schmo loves these Grand Prix tournaments. You got the names. You got to promote these fights. Great fun division right there. Sergio Pettis, as obviously he's the champion. You got a victory over him. He has the injury. Great deal of fights. But... Jessica Andrade, the standing arm triangle, and that was the main event over Lemos, the up-and-comer in that division, the killer. But it just goes back to show you, and obviously Andrade, she went up to fight Valentina, but Valentina, 
Every time I look at some of these girls and these fighters, it just goes to show you Valentina Shevchenko is just so much greater and above her competition than any other single fighter in their respective divisions. And that's just what the Schmo's conclusion came to after watching that. I know it's a different weight division, but Andrade, impressive there as well. Loved what you said about Bellator. Moving on to this week in Triple C history, I, this past weekend was the six-year anniversary. It wasn't necessarily a great time, but it was a learning time when you lost to Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, who you referenced earlier in the show. And, and can I tell you something too, Shmo? Because I was actually yesterday. That was April 23rd. Yeah. I remember there's like there's something about this date that uh, that I just don't like. There's something about April 23rd. There's something about this date that I can't. There's something about it. And finally, last night, like right before midnight hit, like it was literally like 11.58 p.m. Just like, I think this is the day that I lost to fucking Demetrius Johnson. <laughs> so, yeah. So then I went and I looked up UFC 197. And sure enough, man, before before that before that midnight minute hit, yeah, it was it was a day that I got knocked out by Demetrius. Just something that me and him talked about. Uh, so much improvements, man. And like I said, man, I owe a lot of my... Uh, I owe a lot of my credit to to, to these losses, man, because, you know, a loss is what represents your, your character, man, your, the true adversity. How is it that uh, how is it that you get backed up when you're knocked down? And uh, you, you can see it a lot with a lot of fighters when they lose. They just don't come back the same. And it's not because they don't have a chin or, or their head. I mean, that's, that could be part of it, but it's more of an attitude. You know what I'm saying? There's more of... Uh, it's more about this disbelief, man. And I think, uh, you know, that was the best thing that could ever happen to me, Shmo, because on April 23rd of 2016, I fired all my coaches. You know, I uh, I traveled the world. I, 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 went out, I was like ash catching on a Pokemon adventure. And, uh, you know, two and a half years later, I was able to avenge the loss with Demetrius Johnson. You know, it was the best, best thing that could ever happen to me. And uh, I, I, I owe a lot to Demetrius Johnson. And that's the best part about failure when you got a winner like yourself, Triple C. You don't fail backwards. You always fail forwards. You learn from the mistakes. You climb the top of the mountain. And then look, maybe it was less than two weeks ago, you had him right there in the living room going over everything with him. We just brought it up on the last show. It's great how everything goes full circle. Yeah, it really does, and It's super cool, man. It's super cool to... I've always wanted to be... You know, at the end of the day, man, we competed. We, sh we shared blood with each other. You know, we 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 entertain the world and and that's it, man. Like I, whether you beat me or I lost, like to me, it's all good, man. You, you gave me an experience that I'll never forget. And that wraps up another edition of the Triple C and Schmo Show. Make sure you click that subscribe button and download the podcast wherever you get your podcast: Google, Apple, Spotify, you name it. What's your name? I am Triple C. I am the Schmo, we will deliver, and we are, are, ah!